Welcome once again, everybody, to Lakeland Sports Guys. I'm Tom Kerr, along with Chris Cox, joining you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Caroline working the bar tonight. Uh, glad to see her back in. <laughs> Summer girl in the winter world. That's it. <laughs> I'd like to say. Um, glad to have you with us. Chris Cox here beside me. I'm Tom Carroll. As uh, we have enjoyed the twice-baked potato with a ribeye steak sandwich here once again, the special of the day. Come on by. they got great entertainment coming by here at Howard's on Main this weekend. Uh, matter of fact, Saturday night, they'll have the games up on the on the screen, mm-hmm. but it's going to be everything else that's going on out here as they've got the early New Year's celebration happening here this coming Saturday night. It's going to be a good time. And when Howard gets back from that bowl game, we may, he may do something for New Year's. I'm not 100%, but they're they're doing their little New Year's bash. They got some really good bands. Um, I know you've heard of Double Shot Gang because that's the song the Medallions had. So it's yeah. the younger Medallions. They'll be here, I believe she said, tomorrow night. And Burton Pope will be here Saturday for your New Year's celebration, sort of pre-New Year's celebration. And uh, I want to give her credit because she did something that I don't know that I've ever heard anybody doing in Greenwood alone. She opened this bar Christmas Day by herself at 4 o'clock. Oh, wow. And I know Sports Freight didn't open this week this for Christmas this year. They usually open at like 8. Um, and I think the only other bar may have been Boone's, and it was a late crowd for over there. But, for, you know, just, you know, she's out of town girl, didn't probably didn't get to spend Christmas for the family. So she said, you know what, I'm going I'm to make some money. And I can, you know, that's good to do things like that because there was nothing. It, I mean, I know you didn't ride around looking for places, but <laughs> other than Chinese place, I think was open. And, you know, Howard's was open, no food. But, you know, that's just something you can look at and plan for next year. Uh, they do so much catering here, so they, they need a break. And so that's what I was so glad. I told Barry, Barry said, I'm just glad Howard's not working. He's out of town. He can't work. So he's probably trying to run a restaurant in Jacksonville today. I don't <laughs> But just enjoy your time away, Howard, and it'll be here when you get back. You got a good staff, so. Well, coming to the end of the year, 2023 uh, comes to an end uh, as officially this weekend, the last podcast uh, of the 2023 year. It's been a fun <laughs> one. A lot of uh, great memories so far throughout this entire year to begin with, a lot of great uh, interviews that we've had over the course of this year. We have. I tried to bring another one today because, you know, as I told you, Sam Pickney has been a part of our group uh, since his son. Uh, Sam the third is what he goes by. Mm-hmm. He ended, he went from Greenwood to Georgia State to to Coastal and the records that he's broken. And then that we already know as of yesterday, he is going to make that next move. So somebody will be getting a great player in the NFL. In Hint, New England. So we need a good receiver up there. But yeah, Mr. Sam's been on. He's talked about uh, Sacramento Elite basketball that he deals with. That that whole staff that they got there. Um, I'm, I'm hoping it's, you know it's going to get ready to get started up again here pretty quick. So. Uh, I invited him in, but I'm sure he was out of town doing family business stuff too. But uh, if you sit back and think, I won't put you on the spot. If you had to pick three things in 23 sports-related to the Lakelands, what would they be? Because I, I thought about it all last night, and I had come up with a whole bunch. Um, <laughs> one that stands out probably the most for me is the ponytails. Yep. Uh, big win <laughs> that they had uh, back in the springtime, uh, winning the national championship to go along with that, going you know, all the way to middle of the country for Oklahoma for that. And being being new to to that circuit of play and that strong style of play, I mean, that's that's a really good one there. But um, Greenwood High's uh, boys basketball making the playoffs. I mean, they had it came down to the last game. Yep. In order to uh, end up making the playoffs and, and being one of the top four. And we love Coach. He does a good job. He loves your interview time with him. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was definitely another one. And I mean, we, we're lucky here in the Lakeland because there are so many. Um, just all in all, the general. Sports teams that they do put out in the Lakers. It's not always about football. It's about basketball. To me, it was wrestling That's in 23 because not only did you have Greenwood, Dixie, Abbeville, 
pretty much everybody has a wrestling yeah. thing in Lander being one being rated number one for most of the year so i just started thinking last night i was like man we've been lucky to talk a lot of sports things in here all year long but those are the ones that come out it's not necessarily carolina you know winning or not winning the women's basketball this year um and i think 24 you may have something to talk about with clemson with the guys basketball team yeah, don't give up on what happens they're 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 leading the acc right now so knock on wood keep that going and you see who's but, leading the acc mm-hmm. the gamecocks how many no how many years have we ever needed to say that yeah and, and both of them together at the same time yep. it wouldn't have happened as far as football goes uh, in the lakelands to me the thing that stands out the most has to be the way that abbeville started the season i yep. mean you go two overtime games two overtime wins to go along with that uh that was probably bigger, I would say, than uh, or is it than the Calhoun Falls winning their first game as an eleven-man football team? I think maybe you know because Calhoun Falls ended up winning another game down the road. I think we're going to remember those because we were away on both games when Abbeville. We were we had just taken a defeat at Sandy Creek um, and a tough defeat, as we'll say. Uh, when Abbeville won that powder drill game, the way they came back to win it, and just to stay with with the fortunes that they did. Coach Nichols didn't have to change a whole lot in it. And, you know, going from the Jamboree, we were worried about this football team. From what we they saw, didn't it. have a kicking game at all. And, and that kind of came together enough to where they didn't really kick the ball a whole lot anyway. They, they did the Abbey football. They went for two. And, and they did what Abbey had to do. And it took them to a state – well, to a semifinal game where they lost to a great collegiate team. It was really good this year. And I, and I, that was the thing that I took away from that. They None of those even brought the old memories of Gray back into it. I did, but they didn't. They left it out there where it was. And, and just, you know, the overall fact of the matter that, you know, this year's state finals, we'll talk about that too real quick because, I mean, you had your 1A Christchurch. That won't happen again. Mm-hmm. Where your team like Johnsonville, who really is a legitimate 1A uh, football team, that one, like I said, we got a whole new realignment we'll talk about first of the year. Um, yeah. The other thing you got to look at was this past fall that was also huge was men's volleyball. Yep. Um, first time. You know, first time ever men's volleyball. And Greenwood what, goes to the upper state championship game. Yeah, they go to two, a championship game in their first year of existence. I mean, that was phenomenal. 50 years of wrestling, which you yeah. were a part of. I saw that, yeah. Um, and the new mats at Greenwood. I just started thinking about it last night for a, re- a rewind show, and just an hour doesn't do it justice. But like I said, we have been a part of a lot of really good things to be able to talk about in this area of the Lakelands. And I, to be able to do it from a, a Howard's on Main, um, and we thank Howard every day for letting us come in and do this. But uh, that's just something I was thinking about that day, and I said, I'm going to put him on the spot. And, man, you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> So. so there's and there's still a lot more that uh, we can end up talking about that has been going on. Um, you know, the men's basketball program for Greenwood High is off to a good start, as is the Emerald program. So big news that is there. But probably the biggest thing uh, everybody's talking about right now is the realignment. Now, last time we <laughs> our last podcast, uh, we had said that it would, they were coming out today. They were going to release all of they that. Did. We didn't know if we'd see it. It wasn't two hours later. It was all over the Internet. Uh, in the process of what was going on. Uh, just down to general, before we even get into it, biggest surprise for you from 5A to 1A? I think Greenwood going to 5 was a little bit of a shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, for around here, though, it would probably be Emerald. Emerald jumping to 4. And and Clinton dropping to 2A. To 2. I mean, that was just one of the, the, one, the ones we wanted to happen for the most part they did because now you're going to have a great collegiate this August. They're going to be a – up there a little bit higher than they've been playing in 2A. Um, Ocean Style only jumping three to 3A was a little surprise too because I felt like they would be like gray and move on. 
um, you had that. And, um, oh, we forgot about the Cambridge girls won that championship in volleyball. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so in basketball last year. So, like I said, Lakeland's been pretty pretty hot. But, yeah, I think Clinton, a lot of fun. Clinton was the surprise in the realignment so far for me that they did drop down. Because mm-hmm. I thought to myself, they were so powerful in three. Can you imagine now? Is it a, two, is it a two-team race now in the upstate? Well, no, I don't think so. I think there's a lot more. <laughs> I mean, you got a lot involved, of two ways still out there, but I'm just saying, you you know, Abbeville, you know, doing staying their way, and and now you got Clinton. And to me, those are two teams that you you think you'll probably see later on down the road. But um, what was your biggest surprise? Your biggest take was looking at the numbers. Uh-huh. When you look at the numbers, we all think what the biggest high school in the state we think is Wando, correct? Mm, correct. Wrong. Yeah, Wando uh, doesn't even break uh, the top ten. <laughs> As far as, uh, you know, the largest high schools. Dorman's number one. Carolina Forest, number two. Somerville comes in at yep. three. Um, Dorman, by the way, 3,100 students, 2,800 for Carolina Forest. Somerville has 2,600. Burns has 2,500. Spring Valley, 2,500. Stratford High, 2,300. Ashley Ridge has 23. Boylan Springs, 22. Lexington uh, comes in at number nine at 2,100. And Clover comes in at 2,100, a um, little under um, Lexington at 2,100 as well. Um, but Wando doesn't come in until number 12 at 2,100. So Let's yeah, say Lucy Beckham, Oceanside Collegiate, and the rest of these schools that are in Mount Pleasant. But um, i tell you what I did when you were talking about numbers. I, I just wanted to think, and, and I know it's, it's political, excuse me, political, that we don't have 6A. But if you take those numbers and you look at 6A in, in Georgia and in Florida, those numbers put you to 6A. Mm-hmm. So the only thing keeping South Carolina from a 6A level is the government, is, <laughs> is the South Carolina High School League or whoever it is in Columbia the that makes these rules. That, yeah. that made it up to begin which is with surprising, the bylaws. Yeah. Which I think that might be looked at also since that committee just formed by the, the South Carolina group. Out of Columbia. So that might be something looked at. I mean, we laugh about it, but it could be. Could be. Um, but here's the fun part we'll get kind of looked into. Now, we don't know how the high school league is going to break these. We'll find this out uh, middle of January, I think, is when we find out, or end of January, um, as to where the regions are going to go and, and how the classifications are going to work for having two divisions in 5A. Right. Um, you know, some of us could think, uh, have been thinking it's going to be top 16 versus everybody else. Um how you know we just don't know how it's going to work because then all of a sudden you've got to look at records uh, for that for that group uh, you know or do you break it into two evenly matched regions uh, you know as a possibility so I I don't know how you're going to work this with all of it but for Greenwood um, we do know one thing being the number 42 out of uh, 54 uh, teams in 5A you're definitely going to be in the second set yeah. But, um, you know, and we, <laughs> I had a lot of fun sitting down and breaking down where we could possibly be as far as a region goes for Greenwood High. And, and um, you know, you, you, you're not going to be in the black and blue region. You're not going to be with Gaffney, Dorman, Burns, Boylan Springs. Um, going to th- probably end up being uh, Spartanburg in there as well. And then one other, and that's probably going to be Malden is who I'm thinking because Malden's been in and out and in and out so on and so forth. It may be jail, man. I don't know. But you're not going to be in that group, which you're thankful for, right? I don't know. You know, <laughs> With a moving green one into five, is that not a reason maybe to do it? 
to bring back old robberies? <laughs> well, that, that's that's what's going to end up happening. When you look at this, um, here's kind of where I think everything's going to end up going uh, with all of this. Because Greenwood could end up in a couple of different different routes. We could end up uh, in the upstate like we were in what I'm about to tell you, or we could possibly end up down there in that Columbia region uh, as a possibility. So here's, here's some, some ideas for Greenwood uh, as far as the region goes. Just throwing this out there, just totally make it up, uh, see what you think. All right, so you got Greenwood, you've got Greenville. Only makes sense with all that. Throw in Eastside, Easley, and TL Hannah. Um, you've got five teams there. On top of that, you add Woodmont or maybe Hillcrest. Okay. Like that. That'll give you six teams. Uh, I don't know if they want to go eight, but if you go six there, you got three regions then in the upstate. Uh, Dad, Wade Hampton in there, JL Mann, um, Hillcrest, uh, uh, Malden, Boylan Springs, Burns, all that. You know the ones I previously mentioned. So that's not that's not a bad I, not a bad group to be in. No, I mean I think mm. that would be competitive. Uh, if you get thrown into, you know, down there in the Columbia region, this is where it could be really fun because you could have um, Greenwood with Irmo, River Bluff, Dutch Fork, White Knoll, Chapin, and Blythewood. That, that or maybe Lexington. That would be your age. I was going to say, Lexington would be probably the fit in there probably. I like that region. I do. I mean, I think it's, it's not too far that you got to travel. I think that's fair for, for Greenwood. Um, like I said, you start playing Burns for years. You're going, well, we played Dorman all the time anyway. But um, I like that region. I do like that one. What, you, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> so far, I'm Columbia. I'm pro-Columbia. Pro-Columbia with that. I I would rather do that than have to put up with Greenville and, <laughs> and uh, JL Mann as a possibility to go along with all that. All right, so those are the two that I kind of messed around with. Um, you can mix them up any way that you wanted to uh, in and out. And that's what I'm saying is the, we don't know how they're going to break it down or, or how they're going to determine the the, the uh, playoff system as of yet. And a lot of will have to do with that, uh, I think, as well as where they determine the travel time and, and distance and all that uh, with reach and play. For Emerald, uh, it gets even more interesting in 4A. You look at this one, and you got Emerald – uh, coming in as one of the smaller schools, and this is who they could end up with. It's, it's this one could be fun. You could have Emerald, Seneca, Christchurch, Southside, Wren, and Daniel. That's one Coach Debozy. <laughs> that's it. Hey, that's about like the one it was last year. Okay. With those ideas, right? okay, that's one possibility. I like it. Though. I mean, I do like. There's it. another one you could have: Emerald, Seneca, Pickens, Berea. Uh, throw in Greer and Daniel on top of that, or Fountain Inn. All right? But I, I don't think it's going to go that way. This is the way I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go Emerald, Lawrence, Greer, Berea, Pickens, and probably Southside. So that will be your six teams, and I think that's the region that they're probably going to end up with. And those are all more of the upper northwestern teams that'll be involved there. More competitive football also, that they could be competitive in. I know Sam likes to start a competitive act out there to it, and I think that's where they would favor the best. I think you put them in that one with that the Daniel and all of those. And we don't, there again, we don't know what's going to happen now that the numbers have been presented, mm-hmm. and now you're moving Christchurch, St. – well, St. Joe's is what? Did they stay? St. Joe's is uh, – they got moved to three. Yeah, okay, believe, so they're so. three. So you got Southside <laughs> – and then you throw it down. Now that that's an intriguing one for me because now 
your south side and your Christchurch, who's been dominating one A football, are going to get to play with a three A team like Daniel, mm-hmm. the Lions, then as I like <laughs> to call it. Nice, exciting to me, you know. And, and and either way you go, I mean, if you go to the Columbia, and if you're like you said, we're doing Emerald now, but if you go with like Greenwood and Irmo, that's old robbery. If you go with Greenwood and Spartanburg, that's an old robbery. Um, I like the last one you had though because, like I said, I think. All in all, that's one that I think that Emerald would be most competitive in. Well, there's, you know, because of Emerald's location, there are two other regions we could possibly end up in, and one of those being down there uh, in the CSRA, and uh, that would throw Emerald in with the likes of um, North Augusta, mm-hmm. Aiken, Fox Creek, Midland Valley, um, South Aiken, Bluffton, and then possibly Aiken High School on top of that. So that would give you your eight that they were saying they were looking for six to eight teams in a region. And that would almost replace Greenwood from where we were, what, two years ago, three years ago, that we were in that CSRA region with, with all About, those. Well, back during the Pippin area. Yeah. yeah, those are the ones. Um, you know, I, I don't really mind that because, I mean, we're so used to North Augusta <laughs> year in, year out. Um, and and that I think even competitively, South Aiken and Aiken, I think Emerald could do well. Um, Midland Valley, was it a one-hit wonder? Trayvon Dunbar made Don't it know. a one-hit wonder. I think it would be fun. And, again, we're not traveling links, you know, ways down there. Um, Fox Creek being a fairly newer school, they came in about the same time at Emerald did, did they not? Yeah, about the same time. So I, that would a little be, after. But. It would be a fun one, Tom. I, you know, we have our feelings about CSRA. But, <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I – that, that one does intrigue me, though. I really like that one. All right. Here's the third one. They could possibly end up in and around the Columbia area um, if you have Emerald, Brooklyn Casey, Lower Richland, Bishop England, uh, Great Collegiate, Drear, and Richland Northeast. I mean, that's about, a little more travel. Are we talking about football only, or is this going to be everything? Well, this, this <laughs> I'm talking about everything. Because this thing right now is going to be great. You bring them <laughs> basketball schools up here, man. Coach Scrooge is going to love it. But um, that that's that's just a wild shot. But those are the ones you know down around the Columbia area. And Strom Thurmond stayed what two or three? Did they go to three. Strom Thurmond is, I believe, it. Uh, they stayed, stayed in two A. They yeah. stayed two, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I, I wouldn't mind the the gray. I don't want to go down there, but <laughs> that would be, a, I think, a fun one to be in because now I think you've leveled it off to where, and I can almost see, you know, th- even throwing a well, no, because Blythewood's five, but that would be okay. But I, I like your CSRA as far as like the one you have the best chance to be competitive. But I mean, that, those are all three good scenarios. I that first one you mentioned, that's about like what they had in three A this year. <laughs> I mean, that was a who's who. That with was, yeah, that Rand. that region was tough. And that that one could end up. I mean, that region up there, you could have Daniel Wren, Southside, um, Seneca, Christchurch, and then what? Maybe Greer or you Lawrence. Could, you could throw. I mean, I, I kind of think. I was surprised for the first part that they took Greenwood and 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 Lawrence out of the equation past the last realignment, but I think this would be a way that you put it back into play. So that does sound interesting there. Um, and like I said, you're gonna have a new coach at Lawrence no matter no matter what. And no, I don't know who it's gonna be yet. So I'll, I'll be getting texts. I'm sure you have too, but it will be announced. Yeah, <laughs> so. we'll, we'll follow along and get there. Two um, A classifications for Abbeville. Where do you think they in '96 will end up? We know they're gonna be locked hand in hand, probably 
Um, and it could vary when you think of it uh, as well. It's, we got a, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Got nine teams um, that are here in the upstate that, that could basically be playing together. Um, and I'm talking about travel-wise. Now, there are, you know, like Blacksburg and some others that could end up a little further out. But you could have Clinton, Strom Thurmond, Saluda, Mid-Carolina, Batesburg, Leesville, 96, Abbeville, and um, oh, who am I missing as the eighth one? Uh, Pillion, I think, might have been in there. Yeah, it may have been Pillion, yeah. That would have been your eight. That's a, that's a pretty good region. That's a pretty good region. That's not a coach region, though. <laughs> coach Nichols probably wouldn't <laughs> want that region. But. but if you had to go six, okay, and just go six, you'd go Strom Thurmond, Clinton, 96 Abbeville, Saluda, there's your five, and then throw Batesburg-Leesville in there. In That's there. almost going back to 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. I mean, you're looking at the black and blue club back then. That's it, and that's good football. Um, I like that one. I mean, I, that's a and – I, and I don't think – you know, I, even at that point in time, I don't know that there's a standout team. I don't think it would just because Abbeville's big Abbeville or whatever you want to call them that they would be a standout team when you throw a Saluda in their region, actually in the region, and then you throw you bring a Clinton down. I mean, what what did Chester do? Well, Chester stayed at two A, but they may be in there with um, uh, Timberland or not Timberland High, um, Blacksburg, Woodland, um, some of the others that that were mentioned. They in that wouldn't area. want that one yeah, up there. That'd be yeah. a lot of trouble. <laughs> It'd be yeah, it'd be huge. That'd be more Blacksburg type deal. So mm-hmm. that's pretty good though. I mean that's I mean we sit back and we look at it. And we we don't know what's going to happen. We we already know there's been appeals, correct? Well, they got uh, till the 9th of January, I think it is. I think I saw one two. I think I saw two appeals, which we knew one of them. They're yeah. going. They would appeal to the sky. We knew Gray was going to appeal. They would appeal to the sky with orange out there. But uh, the other team that surprised me was Oceanside. I think they are one of the other ones appealing because they kind of want to move. Want to go up one more? Yeah, they want to go one more. And I think, that again, that's a that's another – I'd like to know the numbers between Mount Pleasant – I'm going to put the pressure on it, Mount Pleasant, Lucy Beckham, and then Wando. Because that's, mm-hmm. the, that's where the numbers went. You're talking about Wando. We were, they, we, they were the, the biggest right. school. Will you write this down? <laughs> uh, you certainly, man. Wando is 2,100 even. Um, what was the other one you said? Lucy Beckham. Lucy Beckham. All right, give me a second. Yeah, Mount Pleasant. Let's see if I can find the numbers on Lucy. She's in here somewhere. Here she is. Um, 1450. 1450, okay. All right. And Oceanside Collegiate. And Oceanside Collegiate. See, it was no pressure. You, you had it already. Well, I got I got all the numbers here. I just gotta go through and find the schools. Oceanside Collegiate is eight hundred fourteen. That's what surprises me right now. Why Why in the world would you appeal to go up when you are the third in Mount Pleasant, the least amount, just got the least amount of students in Mount Pleasant. That does surprise me. Well, the other two are both 5A schools yeah, that's this time too. around. So they would be the only 4A in that area. I saw most, what was that, 2,700 students? No. Yeah. So you take 2,700 from 2,100, 
that's where your students at Wando went mm-hmm. to those two schools. And there's another one coming up. I can't remember the name of it. Lots of others. So. And then uh, the reason all of this came to about was the 1A reclassification. And this is going to be, if you ask me, you've got you just write it down for every sport. Don't make it different for football. Um, Dixie High School, Weir Shoals, Thornwell, McCormick, and Whitmire. Make it those five. You can add a sixth in there with the Governor's School for Science and Math if you want. Um, but, don't, you know, those are all the schools just in this area that, that, that you, you know, you've got to make a 1A school. Calvin Falls, Reach. are they there? They're in there. I mentioned okay. Calvin Falls. All right, you yeah. got them. So, where shows McCormick, Calvin Falls, Dixie. That's good. But then everything else is a, a bit of a drive. I mean, MacBe would probably be the nearest, closest after that. Or walking down to Wagner Sally would be another one that you could add in that classification as possible. Well, you could throw that. Now, I don't know how competitive they would be because they were a club level last year. That, what, Anderson Christian that mm-hmm. Dixie beat pretty good? Anderson's not that far away. If, if they're going to play in – I don't know if they play in the high school league or not. I suppose well, they, they do. don't, but – and I mean, then you, being a club team, they play other club teams. But well, like I said, if they were to go to go where they are now, strictly <laughs> now in the league, so to speak, in the region that they're going to play in, um, yeah, because there's not a whole lot else out there, Tom. Uh, as far as like one A schools, I mean, what? Well, what about a Greenwood Christian? I know there's Skiza, but would would yeah, they be, is not? I mean, they're oh, not reclassifying anything or any of that right. as of right now. So, and they do play a lot of those teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, if and and well, they'll play in their non-region schedule. They'll play Dixie. They'll play Weir Shoals. They'll play Calhoun Falls. The thing to do would be to talk to coach and say, "Hey, man, why don't you come out of skis? Are you good enough to play in one A football?" And it's fair enough you to for you to come out. That would be who I would contact because I think if you were to throw a Greenwood Christian in that group, it's still fair. It's still good football. I know they put the numbers up this year, but think about the, the less travel time they would have. And this would be the the funny thing because Greenwood Christian right now would be in the Greenwood School District, right? Yeah, of course. So, how many of the students would they have coming from Emerald over that would jack their numbers up and maybe move them to two A? It could, and and it, but do you think that's one of the reasons they've stayed their own little skis league is because they they the number situation and the way that well this time around, yeah. <laughs> I mean, before because, we were saying that they, you know, why don't they just come out and, and less travel? You can be part of the one A process and go from there. We were even thinking uh, go back to eight man football at one yeah, point. Yeah, of course. I mean, and that's what we were thinking about Colin Falls going back to also. Um, I just think I think if you were to throw Greenwood Christian in, I think that would it would still be locally, it'd still be Lakelands, and it would still be good football. Um, I'm sure that Dixie would love to just come over to Victory and where Shoals like to go to Victory and everybody just stays close because that schedule in Skiza has to be costing that school money in, in gas and every sport they play because they play every sport. Mm-hmm. And they're competitive every sport. And, and maybe that's what they like. They like the travel. They like the the camaraderie between the Skiza schools. I mean, I, that's just a, a thought I just had. I was like, well, that's one team that you could do it because I know they play non-region against mm-hmm. each other. And it, they're usually competitive football games. And we know they're building. Victor Field's growing. The school's growing. Um, but like you said, if they were, that might throw them to a higher classification. 
So it should be fun to watch uh, how all this ends up uh, as the appeals, as we mentioned, uh, got to be turned into the high school league office no later than 1 o'clock on January the 9th. Um, and then after that, we get the fun of the executive committee telling everybody no is basically how it goes. That'll be January 16th and 17th. The reason I say that is over the last eight years, that's exactly what has happened. They haven't said yes to anybody as you know over that course. Um, and then such time the appellate uh, panel will go ahead and they'll meet, and that's when things actually get done. That'll be January 18th and 19th. Uh, that'll be there. And then um, the league will send out the classes, um, the final, uh, what they say, January 22nd. Um, and region placement comes out on January 26th. So we'll know by February uh, a kind of an idea of where everybody is region-wise and the fact that all this stuff gets leaked out. Uh, so you won't have to rely on the high school. Just turn into the, you know, <laughs> turn into Facebook and, and watch the, the boards go nuts. Oh, yeah, and like I said, this, that little palette panel that they got, you can actually pull up on a stream. Oh, yeah. Um, I was thinking about that would be something for me and you to have fun going there and knowing me, seeing old coach again and sitting in on the meeting and listening to and I, like I said, I just want to go here. No, <laughs> so, that'd be all I want to hear. But and you would hear how many ever times your appeals are. But like I said, I, we know that Gray was in the appeal, and I was thinking it was Oceanside. I may be wrong about that, but there's another team that has appealed. I just don't remember who it was. So all that being said and done, uh, I guess you know the final reclassification realignment thing we will have finalized by February the twenty second. That'd be great. So and then they'll have the job of starting the realignment process, what regions are where, and then but they can't waste a lot of time doing that. They need to automatically know where they're going to be. Well, anyway. that, I mean that's everything. That's uh, regions, and you got to appeal. Uh, you get to appeal <laughs> where which region you want to be. In, as a matter of fact, that's uh, going to be the fun early February. Yeah, that's going to be the fun one. Because you know there's going to be appeals in that. Yeah, travel travel's going to be the big reason why for a lot of those schools. And I go ahead and tell you, Gray will appeal again. You know why? Because they're not going to like wherever they get placed. They're going to be against wherever they – because they don't get to decide. Mm-hmm. That's the whole problem with the school. I'm sorry, but if they're, they're, they're a difference of opinion with high school league, they feel it's their right to do it. That's why I said they'd be great in five East Keys or whatever you want to do with them. But, so. Here's something <laughs> for you real quick, Tom. Have you been keeping up with the bowl stuff? Because I want to ask you a question. Sort ACC, of, ACC's not bad in bowls, man. You're going to win another bowl game today. And it's from a team you probably didn't expect to win it with. Miami going to win? BC just won. Oh, yeah, that's true. And BC was a team, you know, a, a seven, well, 7-6 seven and six now. But um, that was a team I didn't give any chance going against an 11-3 team. And that's what we were talking well, about with Stan the other day. How do you pick these games? Yeah, and, and SMU has been on fire throughout the entire season. 11-3. I, mean, the I mean, they're down a little <laughs> bit from last year, but not much. I mean, they, they're a pretty good team. But, uh, you know, it, it's like we were talking before. The Bowl Championship Series um, – to me, it doesn't mean as much as it used to. I mean, other than the football playoffs, what we're, we're getting trash games, if you want to look at it that way. It's a good uh, word. <laughs> as of right now, but with the opt-outs and all that. I mean, it, money has ruined the bowl championship series. Whereas you look at the uh, championship series and, and what's going on uh, with the fact that they've got uh, coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks with uh, Montana taking on South, uh, South State, um, that should you know that has been fun to watch each and every because you you've got to see great games after great games. Stadiums have been full, fans have been able to follow and be with their teams. You don't have that with the Bowl series at all. It's it's been a big disappointment over the last few years, more so I think this year than any other year. I mean, like I said, the games we got going just today. I mean, and, and even into tomorrow, which we're, we'll get into Clemson really quick. But example of 
SMU had one of the top quarterbacks who's decided to get in the portal. His replacement, who's a sophomore, Kevin Jennings, I won't, I won't get to give you give me a guess. He's 24 for 48 passing. Okay, so he's 500 pass. How many yards do you think he had? 330. 189. Seriously. One touchdown. No picks. Rushing the ball, Kevin Jennings. Ten carries. One set, one, no, excuse me, 151 rushing. This, the reason I brought that up is this is another game where you've got a, a – Guy that stayed with the program, much like the kid last night for Southern Cal, gets his playing time. Not quite there passing the ball at fifty percent. You know, I always told Tristan, if you stay above the fifty to sixty percent line, we'll, Green will be okay. Um, now you're in college, and it's a little bit different. But what you're seeing now in these games, it's because they're simplified. So if you're, I want you to hear me, Coach Beamer, simplify our plans in Columbia. Like like every one of these teams are having to do for these players. Simplify the game plan, and you'll see what stars can play. Miller Moss has been a big name for years in Max Prep. You may not have ever heard of him. Big name. Georgia wanted him. I mean, he, he was a who's who in high school. Um, another one of them kid, Bishop Gorman in Vegas. Um, and, and that's what you're seeing now. We're calling it trash, but it's not really trash. It's just not upper-tier games that you want to watch. Well, yeah. If we take our playoff games in the future – and we're going to have more, and we know that because it goes next year to how many? Um, was it yeah, about to 12? 12 teams. That's when you use these bowls. And that's when you say, all right, you're not going to stay Pop-Tart Bowl or that was cheese it last year. You're not, you're not going to keep changing your names. We're going to use your bowl sites, and that's where, that's where you're going to make your money from. But most of these are going to be irrelevant then. You're not going to need a bowl series. Well, with, you know, and, and you're gonna have a playoffs. Trash games, but what I mean, look at Auburn versus Maryland. that's coming <laughs> up on Saturday. Okay, it's just one that's coming up that that I focused on, and, and I'm thinking, you know, this would be a great game. Had you had everybody that was going to be there. Tangavaloa is not playing. They're down a couple of offensive linemen, a wide receiver, running back for Maryland. I mean, it's not the. It's Maryland's going to get absolute could absolutely get crushed in this whole thing. I don't know because I mean, there's no quarterback at Auburn. Even the what was it? What was the, the Auburn doesn't have near as many people in the transfer portal mm-hmm. or that left that have moved on, and that's where I say the money has been a big problem. Or it's it's me. I want to you know decide where I go and what I do, and trying to find a winning program for a quarterback that's been somewhere six, seven times. You know, nobody nobody wants to see that anymore. And see, Tucker, you just brought the point. I want to make for twenty three. <laughs> it's me. It's not we as a team, it's me. And that's what NIL's done. As pretty as that young lady was at sports break, I, I don't want to hear it even now because I know that it's still going to be around next year. You're going to still have the same things happening next year. Tuya was the one that I didn't think about until you just said him. He just went in the portal on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a kid we know doesn't need money. He may want his own money, <laughs> you know. Um, but he certainly doesn't need it. The reason I left Maryland is because Mike's Lockerbie, the, the coach, done, done a really good job in the Big Ten with the players he's had that have left. And, and I mean, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, they have year in, year out, kind of like poor Virginia in the ACC. Really good offensive teams. Have been robbed of players by the mm-hmm. bigger schools in your, in your conference. And that's why I think Justice next year will be sub because that Big Ten is going to be hell. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great, especially if you can well, pull. That's during the regular season. We get You're back right. into the bowl stuff again. It's going to happen. I, uh, you know, there's no stop at this. You you are going to the NFL. 
Okay, you're you got players that are going to the NFL, and you are in the semifinals uh, of the college football playoffs. But you you elect to opt out. Yep. I mean. You know, it, it's. I watched Southern Cal last night. I'm glad you said that because I'm going to bring Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner last year. Um, he decided to opt out, and everybody's like, well, what if he gets hurt? I don't know if you watched the whole game. Him standing on that bleacher, jumping back and forth that bleacher onto the ground, back over the back part of the bleacher, jumping up and down, celebrating, doing handstands. He's got more of a chance of getting hurt doing stu- stupid stuff like that than he does playing in the game. Mm-hmm. That his teammates need him in. Well, they didn't need him last night. And that's what I hope players do see. Maybe you don't always have to have that main guy that was a Heisman candidate year in, year out, because he's not going to play for you. Pick a player on that team that's a backup quarterback that's going to give you everything he's got. Dabo said it best when he said, bring your guts. That's what this team did. That's what you're seeing now from these numbers. That you, Who is that dude? Where's he been? He's been there. Yeah, Moss, six touchdown passes, five of them in the first half. He's just sitting behind yep. a Caleb Williams. So, and, and that's what these games are going to show you the rest of the week. Now, not going to see probably so much in the tennis. I mean, in the Kentucky game, a whole lot. You will at quarterback because is Larry. Larry is playing. Okay, he's going to so play. He he's, he said he is playing, and it'll so. be him and you know your man's going to be playing. Club Nick Kemp. That's one game you're going to get in this bowl series. they got a lot of players still playing. <laughs> well, this one should be fun. Uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Clemson taking on uh, the Kentucky Wildcats in this one. Um, coming up this Friday night, uh, not Friday night, it's kind of <laughs> going to be a noontime game. Uh, over there in Jacksonville, Florida, the Everbank Stadium uh, is where it's going to be. Bet that uh, Trevor and yep. um, <clears throat> ETN will be there watching all of this for sure. If not, I, I wouldn't be surprised you see him on the sidelines with a special pass to go along with that. But uh, it'll be on ESPN. And when you look at this, Kentucky's bowl record is 12-10. and 10, Okay. Mike Stoops in a bowl record is 4-3. and three. Last bowl outing for them was the Music City Bowl last year, or two years ago, 2022. Um, they lost to Iowa 21-0. That's when Iowa okay. had an offense. <laughs> yep. The winning team in 19 of Kentucky's 22 bowl games didn't score more than 28 points mm-hmm. over the course. Okay. For Clemson, their bowl record is 26-23. and 23. Uh, Dambo Sweeney's record is 11-8. Uh, the 2022 Orange Bowl loss to Tennessee, 31-14, was an embarrassing loss. They're trying to snap that and bring everything back. And, by the way, that was Klebnik's first start uh, as a starter uh, during that time, and he's gotten better since. But the winning team for Clemson in 10 of the program's last 12 bowl games scored 29 points or more to go along with that. So you got, you know, a couple of things are going to end up having to give here in the match of all of this. And that is, one is going to be defense. Can Clemson kick that defense up? And two, can the offense not cough the ball up? Uh, or and we know what's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Jim still knows it's going to happen. You're going to have that one drive where you just go, "What in the world is everybody thinking?" You're not going to. You're not going to understand it or, or how it's going to happen. Thing though is Kentucky over the last. I remember the stats back. I'm going to go back and look. I think over the last six games, Kentucky has given up long drives. I'm talking about drives of seven plays, um, seven plays or more, over the course. Um, and against Louisville, uh, Kentucky gave up a 12-play drive. Uh, you know that ate up a ton of clock for a score. They also gave up a nine-play drive uh, the week prior to that um, uh, in the loss to South Carolina. South Carolina went nine plays. 
for a touchdown uh, to end the half. So, I mean, they've, they've given up a, a series of very long plays somewhere along the line over the course, so you know that's coming as well. But, you know, I mean, as much as we, we talk about, yeah, Clemson does have turnout. Kentucky does too, though. Um, and Kentucky is, I'm not going to say they're the most disciplined team in football um, because they have a lot of penalties also, and that's where they just hurt them in the drives you're talking about. Um, that they just not scored the points off of has been holding calls. Um, and, and every now and again that you don't see a Clemson, at Kentucky you're going to get a personal pile. That should not even happen. It's just a bonehead making a bonehead play. Um, the one thing I've been really this season with, last night I heard, I think it was one interview with Dabo, and I was on Channel 7 News. Channel 4 out of Greenville, the other channel, had the offensive coordinator. So that will let him do his thing, and I'm sure that, that the defense coordinators had a chance to say his thing. So I don't always want to hear from Dabo, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up really quick because I'm going to get your thoughts on this real quick. Um, your thoughts on Dabo and, and the kid at the game, the son of, um, mm-hmm. what's his name? The Kennard. Um, we've all played football. I don't know what his dad's expecting because – if you've never had your butt shoot out playing football, and he has because he's old, he's our age, you know it's a part of the game. So why all of a sudden are you going to give Dabo all the grief? And I think, you know what you're going to see out of this? <laughs> I think a guy like Shane Beamer is going to be smart enough to say, you know what, it wouldn't happen in Carolina. And it probably won't because coach ain't really like that. But I just, all, all the criticism, and it's like I tell, you know, Clyde Clemson Terry said, man, you're a game cop, but you defend this. And I'm like, I, I don't, I just defend what I think is right and what's wrong. I'm not a tiger. I'm never going to be a tiger, buddy. Don't try to make me wear that orange. I mean, I've worked in this. You don't look good in orange. Board and, well, Howard did it to me when we worked in here, and we built this board. I had a, Howard's T-shirts that were orange. He did it on purpose, orange and white. I just think that kind of a situation doesn't need to be handled the way it was handled by the dad. And I felt like that nobody really came to Dabo's defense on that. And I think you have to as a school and just say, hey, we got you. you know, you, I don't know where he's coming from this, everything else, but – Every one of these people that think Dabo forgot how to coach football or how he knows how a game's supposed to be ran, he ain't forgot, Bo. He didn't forget when y'all were, what, 4-4? Four four? Mm-hmm. He could have easily just thrown the towel in on that one. And I think a lot of people would have been okay with that. I'm never okay with throwing the towel in. But um, I think Dabo's done a really good job this year alone because he brought you from those brinks of 500 to where you stand now. And I think you have a really good chance to win this game. I don't know what the spread is anymore because I, I quit worrying about spreads. Except about six, I think. So, I quit. But but I do feel like Clemson's a better team in this thing. Um, they are the most disciplined. I'm, I've never been really a Mark Stoops fan, no offense <laughs> to them. I think they've been a mediocre team in the SEC, a lot like South Carolina. I would put them up with us. I would say they're better than the Gamecocks are as far as, like, year in, year out in football. I hate to say that, but that's the team that's a little bit ahead of South Carolina. So, and that's where we'll leave it at that. But I think this is a really good game for Clemson to win. And I expect some things from Clemson that we haven't seen. I think if, you, some new if you really here. blitz him and he really can take off, I think you're going to see speed that you didn't think this kid had. Um, I think you're going to see something out of Shipley. Is he playing? He is playing. He is playing, yep. Um, I think you'll see something out of him because I think he really wants to improve his draft status. Um and like I said, do we know his intent for next year? Is he coming back? We do not know okay. as of yet. He hasn't released any of that. And like I tell you, the weird thing for me is a lot of these kids are playing in these bowl games, and then after that game's over, they're in the portal. Mm-hmm. Like Troy. I mean, that you know, from Alabama, they had 
six or seven after the win the, or after their win the other night. They're in the portal now. Um, so it, now is when you may see what's going to happen between um, Mapa, possibly, um, a Shipley if he doesn't have the best game, um, and some I don't know some other players that you're on the line about who who's waning on coming back, going things like that for Clemson. But I mean, I think this is when you'll find out after this game, you know, tomorrow afternoon. Well, it's going to be good because we're going to get. Uh, you know, with some of the folks that are opting out for the NFL uh, in the process, you got Trotter who's out, uh, Wiggins who is out. Uh, but you're going to see some guys, I think, fill in uh, that have been had the opportunity, uh, you know, sitting there in the second string to actually make a difference. For Wiggins, though, it's going to be the freshman and Lewis that is going to be the big playmaker, I think, in this game. They're going to go after him. They're going to test him, find out exactly what's there uh, with their number one receiver if, when they match up. And they will match up. Um, Lewis only plays one side, so they will match up periodically from time to time. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Can the middle linebackers, you know, still rule the roost and, and, and be as dominant as they have been with Trotter being out? That's another question mark everybody's got there. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, and, and, again, I'm not going to – look, these kids have played their whole career. If they want to opt out of that last game their senior year to get ready for the draft, who am I to criticize that situation? I just think you owe it to your team to finish what you start. And I think if you had Trotter in that game and, – and now the question would be, who, who, who do you see stepping up to take Trotter's place to put pressure on Devin O'Leary? Well, you know, Barrett Carter's got to play a big part in that, I think. I guess you saw last night in that Southern Cal game. Barry Alexander played two games for Southern Cal this year from Georgia. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who the defensive coordinator is in Southern Cal. I don't think it really matters out there <laughs> who it is because we saw the stats last night. They were horrendous. But for this kid who only played two games, and he came from a national championship team in Georgia and played two games, somebody missed the spot on this mm-hmm. unless the kid just didn't want to play. And sometimes you go into a, a program, and that's the case. But I think you, all you got to do, Tom, I'm going to be honest with you, you put pressure on Devin O'Leary. Um, and that's the key the, that's there. And get them to third down. They, yep. they are awful, both offensively and defensively on third down. That's the penalties happen. That's yeah. when, when you get those penalties. The one thing about Kentucky that they haven't done all year, other than the one game, which, um, what's the name? Ray, uh, the running back. I won't say Ray Lewis, but that's not it. <laughs> um, anyway, he's a kid that had all the yards for him in the one game against Vanderbilt or whatever. But he's our main rusher. After that game, he was held to pretty much 80 and 90 yards the rest of the year. And uh, he's a really good running back. But your defense is strong enough, I think. I think I think you see a lot about Wes Godwin in his defense coming up in this bowl game tomorrow. And like I said, I, I just I see you winning the game, man. I don't see you losing to Kentucky. Yeah, 5.5 is a spread on this, by okay. the way. Um, you know, and then over under 30 points, I would say that's going to be another question because um, – you know, you look at, at Kentucky uh, <laughs> and the teams that they have played, uh, they don't they didn't fare well. I mean, they only scored, what, 19 points yeah. against Louisville in order to win. Um, so, they, you know, they played well. But, you know, defensively, uh, Clemson played well enough against South Carolina to end the season, but still only managed 16 offensive points. Yep. So Ray Davis is that guy's the running back yeah. for them. And like I said, he, he has some fumbles and fumbleitis too, but that's going to be your matchup for me is going to be Ray. It ain't going to be uh, Devin O'Leary. It's going to be your running back, Ray Davis, and what Clemson can do defensively to shut him down, like Louisville did, because Louisville's not a really a defensive hotbed either for 
as far as defensive awareness and everything. They and of course they didn't play well last night either. But yeah, the other thing that that got me was the number of plays that Kentucky actually runs over the course of a se- over the course of a game. Fifty three is what they're averaging. Fifty three yeah. plays a game. It's your kind of football, man. It's that, you know, I like <laughs> I, I like fifty five and a quarter. <laughs> you know, and and Clemson, you know, is going to run closer to if they can get to eighty, they will. They will, and and I think that's the biggest thing. That I think you probably have seen from Garrett Riley coming in is that he wants to run it. He he reminds me of Adams Dean over at Greenwood. If Adams could run a hundred plays in a half, he would. Or in a quarter, he would. He wants you to get to the ball and just execute your plays. And um, so that's an, another thing I do like about it. I, I do think Garrett Riley's done a fairly good job this year. I mean, he's turned it around just like Dabo has in the second half of the year. And I think he simplified it. And I think he made it to where Clay, K. Clubnick could say, you know what? I feel more comfortable. I feel more comfortable. And I'm going to throw a pick here that I wouldn't have thrown. Um, and I think overall, that's going to help you. And it'll help you tomorrow night. Um, I don't. I don't. Now, see, this is a team. I don't see a lot of changes need to be put on your coaching staff. You may disagree. Um, I feel like there's a lot of changes we need to do in Columbia that we're not doing. I don't mean Beamer, but I mean I think Clemson overall is pretty well set. Um, you, you brought in your coaches, the the brought, line coaches, you brought in line coaches and your tight end coach, Chris and, and, and life is, has has seemed to go swimmingly well. Believe it or but not, yeah. um, team the, has really responded to them. And I think that's great because I think those guys know what they're doing. Chris Rump, we know he knows what he's doing. Um, he, he's been – I'm really stunned, Tom, that he's not a head coach somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's because he probably didn't want to be. Um, he'd be a guy I could see take a high school, like a, 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 a Lawrence or somewhere, and just take it places we haven't seen Lawrence in a while. Chris Trump's a really good coach. Your offensive line coach, he said it himself the other night on the news. He said, I'm comfortable here because I've been here before. I know some of these faces. And he said, I was in the recruiting process of it. And I think that's what you need. And I think that's what Davos going to give you. He's going to go, if, if this coordinator's not working out, I mean, it's, he won't stay. I'm just, I'm just telling you how Dabo is. If there's a Jeff Scott there and he doesn't need a Garrett Riley anymore, he's going to probably call Lincoln and say, hey, you want your brother back? I don't need him. I know what Jeff Scott can do. Um, and I, if something ever happens in Virginia, he's going to call these guys home because he knows what they can do under his leadership, his guidance. So well, it's going to be fun to watch and see. Uh, I've talked to mixed Tiger fans. By the way, I am no longer officially a, a Tiger fan fan. I noticed that. Fan. Congratulations. Yes, my daughter oh, graduated uh, this past uh, Thursday. So <laughs> What, two years? Yeah, in three years. Three, three years. years. I know it was three, three because I, when I met her, we were at the radio station, and she was just getting ready to go up there. Yeah. I swear she was going to borrow your truck for her first yeah. freshman internship or whatever. <laughs> So my money is no longer going up to. You can still be a tiger. tiger if you want I that. can still be up a in tiger. them heels, man. But uh, I can I can go back to being a leatherneck once again, and uh, that might be that fun. We man. improve on an zero and eleven season. I, you know that's one that I can join <laughs> with you, man. We're five and seven, so I can't say about zero and eleven. But, and we're at least we're not that. I, I joke about it, but. All right, uh, other bowl games that are coming up um, from around here. Everybody's talking about Georgia, Florida State, and how Florida State has been. Uh, well, they're taking it pretty hard. Um, they're calling them uh, all kinds of, of nicknames and things of that nature. And, and now that they're trying to get out of the ACC, and, um, you know, I don't think the a- uh, SEC is going to want to take them. I know if I'm a Kentucky fan, I don't want the a- I don't want Florida State in there. It just 
messes up the recruiting even more. It does. And like I said, you know, I've never been a, a preseason university team, but um, I think they were done wrong. I said it on here. I mean, a lot of SEC guys said, you blame anybody, you're going to blame Texas for it. I don't blame anybody but the, the NCAA. I mean, I think they, they made a gaffe. I mean, Georgia has just as much right to be mad if you're going to consider the way things went. But uh, they the didn't drop five spots. They man. just didn't win their 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 division, and, and Florida State did. So uh, I hate they're not in it. Um, and the appeals, the last I saw today was that there will be an appeal. Uh, it's not going to be in time. And if they somehow come out and they beat Georgia, the appeal wants it to be a, a divided championship this year. I saw that this morning, um, and like I said, that's all out of the state of Florida. That's not everywhere, but um, like I said, I mean, it's a good it's a good game. Florida State's got players that's jumped in the portal, but Georgia Florida, has a massive yeah, well, number. Florida State keeps heading on to their numbers as well. I mean, it seems like every day one or two more ends up leaving, and uh, Jaheim Bell uh, ended up leaving last week. Well, I mean, he's not <laughs> – you so, want to keep talking about that, man. I know USC lost the running back in – and Lloyd, too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is here to stay, Tom, as much as we dislike it. I think I said first of the year, I'm not a big college fan anymore, and it's just I love the game. I love college football, but it's just not there anymore. But, like I said, even Tate Rodenbauer, or Hyde, the quarterback, mm-hmm. he's in the portal now for Florida State. That's Told the him on the day they were leaving to go to the ball. That stunned me because yeah. this kid, he's waiting in line and waiting in line. And my question is, if 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 – What's his name? Is that close to being ready to play in this game? They had the injury, Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. Why not let him play if he's eligible and the doctor's clears him to play? Why not let him play quarterback? I mean, I, granted, that's a pretty fast time to come back from what he had because it was severe. But I, I have no idea what to expect in the game. I can tell you this. As much as the Georgia fans are mad, the Florida State fans are madder. Mm-hmm. So don't think you're madder than Florida State right now because they feel like they got left out. And, and and they did, but um, like I said, blame Texas for it. Don't blame. <laughs> I, I do like the SEC ACC matchup though because this is another one I do think that the ACC can win. Um, but the one I'm taking the most hits on, and I ain't going nowhere from it. Nick Saban himself can come sit here if he wants to. We're Satan, as they call him. I still believe that AJ McCarthy is going to find a way to finally win a game. And I, as much as I despise this dude. People are saying this is I think, all Alabama and they're going to walk I know, away with this. And, and they could. I mean, I could be totally, totally wrong about this. But for them to totally walk away with it would mean that Milrow has to have the game of his life. And he's already had, what, three in a row? Mm-hmm. I just don't see him. As much as we talk about SEC and how good this guy is, thing- Michigan's team overall, defense and offense, are both like rank one. In the Big Ten. So, you're going against a power and a power. The past couple of years with Ohio State and Michigan, they haven't been on the same level. They're loaded now. Not Michigan, not Ohio State. They're loading up, but they're not loaded. And, I, and that's the reason I said it. I think this is the year that if you get into a 13-10 game, which you love, I'll be asleep by halftime. You have to wake me <laughs> up tell me who won the game. I'm kidding. Um, I, I think defensively they have enough players that one mistake by Alabama, they're going to put points on the board. You make two mistakes, two pick sixes, this game ain't going to be close. Because McCarthy, I'm telling you, against this Bama defense, he can score. Between him and Blake Scorum, I, I expect Blake Corum, excuse me, Scorum. That's a new name for him. I should I should patent that when he gets to the pros. <laughs> I think they can put 28 up easy on Alabama's defense. I think Blake Corum can probably score two to three touchdowns on the ground 
inside the red zone by himself. He, this kid's a really good player. And and year in, year out, we haven't been able to say that about the balance of Michigan, Ohio State, when they play the Georgias and the Alabamas. I think this year you can. Has Michigan played a physical game entire four quarters as of yet? Because that's what this is going to end up being. And it's going to be like the Iowa game. Had they played a team – had they played a – I'd like to see them play the Ohio State again. I think that would have probably been a little bit different outcome too in the championship. But I think the Ohio State game gave them what they needed as far as a name, a total like we're we're good enough to be playing in this spot. I think the Ohio State win probably gives them that. Um, I'm never going to try to say Big Ten's SEC because that's not going to get me anywhere. Um, I, I just don't it, – it, as many people love the SEC – and they put them up on this pedal, so we'll use the table as a thing. I don't put them up there with everybody else because all you simply have to look at is the bowl record the last three years. ACC, SEC, it has it hasn't been close for the SEC in these bowl games. I mean, you go back and check the record yourself. I think it was 7-5 and five last year. I think it was 8-40 and 40 year before that. And the ACC has just wiped up the SEC. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of just the SEC being thrown in and whoever their champion is. Give them the national championship, Georgia, mm-hmm. Alabama, poor Tennessee. Got a, and and and, that, and that's where I come at with my points about. I'd like to be in a conference where we're competitive. We are in other sports, but we're we're nowhere near competitive in the SEC. And, and I personally wouldn't mind leaving myself. I mean, in all sincerity, I mean, I just, we got a long way to go to get up there where these teams are playing, and we just I don't see that we're going there. So we'll see. That's for twenty four. <laughs> When it rolls around. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Rose Bowl has Michigan taking on Alabama Monday night, 6 o'clock from Pasadena, California. It'll be on ESPN. Um, and we'll see who wins that one. I ain't going to worry about that one. I can't watch it anyway. i got to get Tiva going, Poo-Boo, whoever it is. Um, who else? We, what are the other? T- oh, Texas. And, and, and Texas and uh, Washington and the Sugar Bowl. This is one they're saying is going to be another route, too, and by Texas. I don't see it. When you play Washington – when you play Washington, you better be able to put up 50 points. And who's going to be the quarterback doing that? Um, you were just played pretty well toward the end. I mean, yeah, and this is the game that nobody's talking about because – It's a sleeper. It, well, it, it's a repeat of the Valero Bowl from last year. Same two teams met. It was, what, 21-27, I think, was the final, uh, or 21-28. It was something like that, if I remember correctly. Um, it, it was – I mean, it, it's, it's a repeat – of what happened last year, and and the same things are are happening that happened last year with Texas. They lost their starting running back this year. Uh, they lost their starting running back not to the NFL, but due to injury. So they don't have cheap shot. You know that, that's there. Um, you've got that to factor in. The biggest difference is that Texas has got three guys that are doing the job of one that, in my opinion, are better than that one guy did. So Texas may end up. You know, reversing the role here. I've had to eat crow on the scene because I, you know, being the Oregon guy, I love Oregon, and I tell you what, I like what the coach is doing at Washington. And, and the thing is, he was a part of that last year um, in his first year at Washington. Um, I just, it's it's one of these games that I just don't see Quinn Ewers. I mean, he can have a three or four hundred yard game. This defense for Washington is pretty good, and let's let's say Bama does get by. I don't think they get by Washington because mm-hmm. I think defensively now you're seeing. And that's why I think the, all these teams are even for me. I, I can see Alabama and Michigan being even. 
if I if I think one's not even, it would be Texas, and that's who I would probably throw to the side. The other three teams, I think, have a legitimate shot, whereas I don't think that Sarkeesian does. I mean, now Jim's going to really hate me for that one because I know he's been really <laughs> strong on that team. On Texas, and it could end up, but wouldn't it be the, the way it started at the beginning of the year ends up the end of the year with Alabama and Texas? A lot of people think that, yeah, and a lot of people pray for that, especially Alabama fans. I promise yeah. you Nick Saban wants that. I'm serious. I, I promise you. And don't think Sarkeesian is not going to throw everything that he's got out there. Um, and it, the one thing about Texas is they're getting ready to come into a real conference for a change, which I am going to go back on what I'm saying about that. <laughs> they're coming to a real conference for a change, and they're going to get to play with it. And, but I don't see that they're going to be that much better than Oklahoma when they come in. I think both teams are going to be close to the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a credit to Venables. And, um but, yeah, they're coming into a, a different conference. But, yeah, I think all the fans out there now, if we had a poll to take or if Clemson Terry could call in and say, I want to see Texas-Alabama too, that's what people want. They want to see that game and, and then the outcome of that game. So uh, more people are going to be pulling for, for those two finishes. And so I've got the opposite for both of them. So. <laughs> I'm like that. Hey, chaos. You can't go with the favorite teams in chaos, man. All right, I'm going to make you choose. Sunday, January 7th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Toyota Stadium in Frisco, 10, Texas, on ABC. You're going to have the FCS championship game. It is set. The Jackrabbits of South Dakota State taking on the Montana Grizzlies. And Grizzly Bears, man, I tell you. I, I, you know what I will say? I'm so proud of them because they have kept fighting. Uh, they beat a really good Furman team. Uh, and and we they got went to two overtimes. Two overtimes to get to the, the second game went two overtimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so three all together. Nobody's really playing South Dakota State that close. The the one that surprises me, and you're a part of this one. We can talk about this real quick. Um, how how fast has it been? It's been what two or three years since North Dakota State was in that role, mm-hmm. and they're pretty much have flip roles. Um, co- the coach is changing it. North Dakota State, as right. I saw this 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 past week. Um, this is a team, I think, that they just said, you know what, I'm tired of the North ruling this thing. We're going to rule it. We're going to keep it for a while. And I, see, I think they will. I, it's a really good football team. North Dakota State has put so many players in the NFL, but this team has too. Um, and I think it's a credit to having to play that team above them to get them there. Um, I'll probably pull them for, for uh, the Grizzly Bears. The Grizzlies, excuse me. Not Grizzly the Grizz. Bears. I like the team. I think they do really well. Um, but it's just hard to pick against South Dakota State. It's just that's just a tough game. So, but I, I mean, I mean, you're you're a Bison guy, so I mean, you. I mean, well, I like uh, you know with Western Illinois being in that conference and thinking on both of those teams uh, as it is, and they played Montana yep. um, in non-region and got skunked by both of them pretty much <laughs> in the process. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a it's. It's just a lot of fun to see the differences. Those guys want to play the football game versus get paid for the football game. And I, I think that's what's made the difference in the FCS versus the FBS for me in watching it. And, I, and, you know, I hate to go that way, but I'm, I'm going to be a Jackrabbits fan. You know, the Grizz beat, beat our Dens, and I, I, I can't stand for that. i gotta, I got to see him go down. I, like I said, I, 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 I mean, honestly, man, I like the way this Grizzlies, this, this team plays. And like I said, if anybody can do it, this will be a team that can. So if it goes through overtime, give me give me Montana. <laughs> if it goes in overtime, Montana's a sure bet. All right. <laughs> D pick. <laughs> wow, can you believe another year comes and goes just like that? It's just like it blows in and out, man. Like I said, we we're gonna go into twenty four crying about 
you know, teams getting left out, portals, and then we're going to start 24 and in 24 with the same problem. I hate to say it, but this portal thing is around, and this NIL is definitely around, and we no longer have college football anymore. It's just a, a, a minor league for NFL. So. Kind of how it works out. Why don't you come on out to Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood? They got all kinds of fun activities happening through Saturday nights uh, as well. Now they will be closed on Monday. Monday so uh, Monday, they, right, Caroline? Close Monday, be back Tuesday. Be back Tuesday and go along with that. But I'll be uh, up in the mountains skiing on Tuesday. There you so, go, buddy. I uh, won't be able there, so we'll be coming back. Um, it'll be that Thursday, the eleventh, I believe. Thursday to Thursday. Yeah. So January 11th, uh, come on out and uh, enjoy it here at Howard's on Main. We look forward to seeing everybody. Until then, enjoy the holidays and the new year. Exactly, man. Let's Chris, roll. been a pleasure this year. Let's do one more. Oh, let's do another year, man. We're the Lakeland Sports Guys. <laughs> Have a great new year.